Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Okay, this show's called Are You Ready for Keto? Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, are you ready? It's a good topic because we don't want to mess around with this stuff until we are ready. I'll volunteer. I'll volunteer my story. Uh, My first attempt at keto was in April of 2016, and I made it three weeks, and then I bombed out. It was at the Burbank Airport, gate A3, and I was sitting there in a chair, and I guess it was a busy trip, and I was a little fried and tired, and I just walked across the... uh, the, the the lane and went in there and just pounded like all these different little bags of nuts and trail mix and everything they had and it was just sort of a drop off after actually feeling pretty good for three weeks uh, as I as I entered this uh, restrictive period where I took my carbs down from probably in the range of 100 to 180 per day something like that nice and primal aligned as I'd been for many many years eight years going at that time. And I thought I could do it pretty easily. And as soon as I did, I felt great. I wasn't hungry. I got all those benefits that you hear when you're in ketosis, where your energy is normalized. Um, You don't have a big appetite. You don't have a big desire to binge on sugar. You just carry on with that wonderful fat and keto-adapted state. Uh, But I think what was happening possibly was as I continued my usual workout patterns, which are somewhat ambitious, I do some pretty good Um, high-intensity workouts uh, a few times a week, sprinting maybe once a week, uh, strength training, body weight exercises, fun, crazy stuff, and then also doing uh, a fair amount of endurance exercise at aerobic heart rates. Um, So I was maintaining my normal exercise routine and possibly uh, reacting to the transition to keto by elevating my production of stress hormones, cortisol, and engaging in some gluconeogenesis to continue to make sugar because I wasn't ready to go full bore keto. I hadn't done that metabolic flexibility and fitness building by fasting in the morning. I just kind of jumped into it. Um, So I lasted for a while feeling fine and (laughs) possibly putting up some Instagram posts like, doing keto feels great. Here's my breakfast, uh, uh, bacon and eggs and no food until dinner. Um, But then I had that uh, adverse rebound experience. I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to you and that you entered this commitment to six-week nutritional ketosis uh, fully prepared and fit. And notice how I said six weeks, because in consultation with Dr. D'Agostino and others, but him especially touting this minimum time period to commit to nutritional ketosis. And the reason is, is because at about week three, that's when you kind of possibly hit a low point, as I report where you're struggling a little bit, as I talked about in the other show uh, about the liver, your muscles and your brain are competing for ketones for energy um, because they're not burning the usual glucose. They're both asked to burn fatty acids and ketones, and there's a little bit of competition going there. So 
during that time period, you might feel a little drag gas in the muscles, not performing at your usual workout uh, production, and also having those energy lulls and periods of time where your brain function and maybe your appetite is uh, a little bit dysregulated and you're wishing you could uh, backslide into your previous comfort foods. Uh, this happened to a very fit uh, superhuman specimen friend of mine, Stevie Deitch, who was trying to go keto uh, to address some um, disease protection concerns. And uh, he lasted around the same time. And then he went, went right back into, uh, I think, quote unquote, the wet burrito reappeared into the picture. So what happens at that three-week time period is perhaps you have to fight through it and know and trust that you're going to achieve a metabolic breakthrough right around that time to where it gets easier and easier. So maybe the first three weeks are going to be the toughest when you take your carbs down uh, to under 50 grams per day, Uh, maybe from 150 if you're nice and primal aligned, maybe from 100, maybe from whatever. Um, But getting that down to 50 is still a significant commitment. And first three weeks, I want you to consider backing off your normal exercise routine so you moderate Uh, the effects of that warring, that competition between brain and muscles, and then trust the process that you're going to get better and better and better each passing day at uh, burning fat and ketones and have less likelihood of backsliding and needing to discipline yourself against a sugar binge. So if you can make that six-week commitment out the gate, I know that's a big deal. That's a huge ask. And so what that means is you have to be really fit, really metabolically fit, Um, to go for it. It's almost like thinking you're going to do a six-week hike across the Sierras in the summer doing the Pacific Crest Trail. You better get your butt in shape in the gym in January, February, March, April, and May if you want to hit that thing in June or July. Um, Because if you try to transition into something that's too daunting, man, you're going to crap out at the first food drop with your lower back pains and your strained shoulder muscles and whatever else that was exposed as your weakness when you go for it. Okay, so... Here's some excerpt from uh, the book and also me chipping in and uh, editorializing, so having a nice fun time talking about are you ready for keto. If you're nervous about your metabolic fitness and whether you can handle the rigor of a ketogenic eating period, put your fears aside. Remember that any effort you make in the direction of fat and keto adaptation will improve your metabolic fitness and progress you closer to your goal of being a fat-burning beast and further away from the disastrous state of carbohydrate dependency that the civilized world lives in. If you set ambitious goals like a morning fast and find yourself unable to resist the omelet bar at your hotel cafe, go ahead and indulge. Realize that choosing an omelet instead of an oatmeal toast orange juice carbohydrate bomb is still a significant positive step in your metabolic conditioning, even if you take a detour into Sugarland, Texas. Is anyone keto in Sugarland, Texas? That would be a cool thing to do, like take a picture of the sign, the city limit sign. Anyway, if you take detours into carbohydrate binges, whether it's on a cruise or during the holidays or whatever your excuse is, they don't have to be seen as failures, but rather opportunities for learning and growing. After the smoke clears and you take the baby steps to recalibrate to your fat and keto-adapted baseline, you can analyze what lifestyle circumstances influence the departure from your best laid plans, the effect reintroducing refined carbs had on your body at a single sitting or over a longer period of time, and whether the indulgences were truly worth it. This reminds me of my recent trip to Sayulita, Mexico, which is famous for their street tacos. Oh my gosh, delicious, you know, all over town. You can have these amazing concoctions with 
10 different choices of meat and the freshly made corn tortillas, which I don't eat usually, and especially when I'm not in keto. And then down the street, they have homemade ice cream with all these different really authentic flavors. And I went down there for five days and I was not uh, keto aligned. I wasn't even primal aligned. Everything tasted great. I had a wonderful time, was out there in the hot sun, burning a lot of calories surfing. So I'd have these giant cups of fruit sprinkled with uh, like coconut powder and chili powder. And I would pound those one after the other. So I'm sure my carbohydrate intake was three, four, five times my normal daily routine at home. Um, but it was part of the vacation. I was fully cognizant of my choices. I didn't feel a lot of adverse effects, but I did notice uh, that eating more stuff begets the desire to eat more stuff, whether it's carbs or whether it's food in general. And so you get into another routine, a different routine than that fat and keto adapted baseline and that fasting baseline that I spent a whole show talking about how wonderful it is to have your default setting uh, fasting until hunger ensuing naturally every morning. So when I departed from this during the vacation uh, and went to return to my baseline dietary habits, um, it took a couple few days to recalibrate. So that's what I'm talking about here is take those baby steps to recalibrate to your fat and keto adapted baseline. So I went back to attempting that morning fast, which I can usually do no problem until 12 noon to 2 p.m., but it was a little more difficult this time. And around 10 a.m., I was thinking, hey, where's my first dose of uh, street tacos or whatever it is that I was used to getting during the vacation? So it's no problem because what you're doing when you uh, take a departure, you're honing your metabolic flexibility still because you're asking your body to produce more insulin. And if you return to a low-carb baseline, that can even help with your insulin sensitivity. So you're becoming metabolically flexible with these little departures. Another layer there is which one makes you feel better. Do you like having uh, pancakes and waffles uh, for breakfast, or is the net effect of that experience negative? And for most people, um, they report they feel better when they eliminate refined carbohydrates and high-carbohydrate intake from the diet. I know that I feel my most productive and most energetic mornings when I fast instead of consume a high-calorie meal, even if it's an omelet or something that's nutritious. Forget about having carbohydrate intake when I come up uh, first thing in the morning because that's going to make me feel like crap for possibly the rest of the day and throw me back into that high-snack, high-carbohydrate intake uh, appetite fluctuating pattern. So back to the text, what, what influenced your departure from your best laid plans, the effect reintroducing carbs had on your body, and then likely the heightened awareness of your behavior patterns. With the heightened awareness, you can build more natural, healthy resolve to stay primal aligned in the future or take these um, fully uh, full awareness, full enjoyment departures as I relate with my vacation to Mexico Full awareness, full enjoyment, no second guessing, no guilt, uh, no nothing except for pure pleasure of immersing into another culture and the role that food has on that uh, wonderful vacation thing. Well-chosen foods. It wasn't like I went to the store and bought processed crap from America that's been transported down there, making those poor folks sick. Uh, but instead, um, I got the full experience and now returning to that super healthy baseline that I enjoy tremendously. You just absorb the lessons offered, accept the fact that you're not perfect, and then I'll put in parentheses, or that you decide to enjoy the heck out of a vacation, 
And then let it go. Brandish your weapon once again by engaging in a fasting period or a string of keto-aligned meals, and then you're back in business. So this easygoing, accepting mindset, as I breezily relate my fun vacation, this easygoing mindset is in sharp contrast to the negativity mindsets and the self-destructive behaviors of the failed dieter. Here, departures from the plan result in self-loathing, the adoption of flimsy negative motivators like anger and self-punishment, and a high likelihood of continuing the roller coaster pattern of short-term adherence to the edict, whatever it is, followed by rebellious detours that are a natural human reaction to the pressure and tension of negative motivators. Whew! All right, now you're pumped up, now you're ready to go keto. You've done the homework. You've done that 21-day metabolism reset that's detailed so carefully in the book, which in a nutshell is ditching grains, sugars, and refined vegetable oils, 100% commitment to ditching the bad stuff out of your diet just because you want to live a long time and be healthy and avoid the disastrous pattern of disease and breakdown and decline in cognitive function that is caused by the high-carbohydrate standard American diet. And you're also integrating that comprehensive lifestyle approach as detailed during the 21-day metabolism reset, where you dial in your sleep, your exercise patterns to make sure you avoid anything that is remotely considered chronic, as well as your stress management so you take time to rest and recover and chill and not be constantly wired in that type A, go, 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 hectic mindset that transitions you pushes you in the direction of sugar burning rather than becoming fat adapted. So once you've done the homework, uh, you completed the 21-day metabolism reset, you've done some nice fasting in the morning, fasting until when hunger ensues naturally before you eat your first meal of the day. So you've built some metabolic fitness, some metabolic flexibility. Um, You've passed the keto reset midterm exam as detailed in the book which is heavily weighted on those subjective measurements of, hey, can you function pretty well in the morning without eating breakfast? Can you last until noon? Uh, Those kind of talks. And then you're ready to go keto. And you're going to make that minimum six-week commitment that's so critical to really get the complete gene reprogramming process and upregulate your fat-burning genes and your ketone production, working through perhaps a little trough or a little period of difficulty when you get out to the three-week mark and uh, knowing that things will turn for you and it will get easier and easier. So even though it's an extreme dietary restriction and looking from the outside and thinking, what, 50 grams a day of carbs, that's it? That's going to be brutal, man. It's not that hard because you're never hungry. Your appetite is regulated and those hunger uh, uh, pangs and those binges on carbohydrate that have been such a normal routine part of modern life for years and decades, they simply go away. You simply don't feel like it because you're so good at burning fat. Um, Some other important factors to consider when it's time to go keto to make sure you're ready to go keto is to pick the right time. I mean, it's still serious business, even if we talk about how breezy and easy it is because you're never hungry. So attempt keto during a time of minimal stress and high convenience in your life, not around the holidays, not when you're dealing with a family crisis or a crunching work project, not during times of heavy travel or whether you're on uh, having a, a business trip or a vacation, things like that interfering with your normal routine. You want to be in your normal home routine and pattern so that transformation is more logistically easy and more uh, uh, practically easy. Okay, 
especially having access to the healthy foods and going down and shopping and getting surrounded by uh, the keto-friendly foods that will make the transition painless because you'll always have something to satisfy your hunger, to indulge in, and to distract you from uh, the carbohydrate snacking patterns that are uh, otherwise difficult to break free from. Then the second thing you do is you make that six-week commitment, um, the big picture perspective, knowing about that uh, breakthrough point at three weeks and having the trust and the discipline to keep going. Um, Backing off a little bit on your training to make sure that you don't get into that war for energy between your muscles and your brain. And finally, making sure you're doing what you're doing, dialing in your macronutrients. You think you're eating under 50 grams a day, you're not sure. You think you're around your optimal protein intake, but how can you be sure? And the way you can be sure is to engage in the act of food journaling and then entering the results into an online macronutrient calculator such as found at fitday.com or myfitnesspal.com or many other ones. So it's as simple as this. You get a small notepad and you carry it around with you all the time. Ideally, for a week, two days would be great to make that commitment because it's a little bit uh, tedious and difficult and kind of annoying to have to write down and measure every single thing that you put into your body. But the act of doing food journaling will bring your eating habits into greater awareness because when you reach for something, you know you have to write it down and acknowledge it, and sometimes that can help you uh, stay aligned with your goals. When you're looking at that uh, Tootsie Roll on the reception desk and you know that in ordinary circumstances, it's such a small thing. What's the big deal? You grab one, unwrap it while you're flirting with the uh, the receptionist at the front desk. But now you got to get out your notepad and write down one Tootsie Roll, go on the internet and find out that it's actually, oh my gosh, 10 grams of carbs, 20% of my daily allotment when I'm keto. Oh my goodness. So it's kind of fun if you can have the right attitude. But then with this journal, um, you want to be able to carefully measure your intake. So you need like a cup measurement, a quarter cup, a tablespoon, teaspoon, um, a food scale would be stellar. But what you can also do is utilize the vast database that they have of foods that are already in there that give you the macronutrient content. So when you have an eight ounce filet of salmon, you can look that up and see that it has 24 grams of fat, 38 grams of protein, zero grams of carbs, the same with an egg or a three egg omelet where you eat two strips of bacon, three eggs, um, a half a cup of chopped vegetables. You can go right in there and find a lot of these foods existing in the database or putting together if you make a preparation such as a recipe. And if you see all our primal blueprint recipe books have macronutrient calculations in them, most all of them, sorry, the recent ones anyway, thanks to Gail Kearns working hard and uh, putting all that food into the database for you so that you know if you make the frittatas for breakfast, you can go straight in and enter the um, the grand total of how many servings you had rather than have to tediously input every single thing and look it up. Similarly, any food with a label on it um, can be entered right in there directly. So when you have four squares of lint 90% dark chocolate, an excellent choice, Um, it'll tell you right there on the label that it's 22 grams of fat, 12 grams of carbs, 4 grams of protein. That's just a guess. I think I'm right, though. (laughs) But anyway, that kind of stuff can all get totaled up, and at the end of the day, you will generate a pie chart 
that has your pie chart and also just values in a table that has your daily caloric intake, your breakdown of how many grams and calories come from fat, how many from protein, and how many from carbohydrates. So you're looking to hit those numbers. You know you're doing your protein calculations. Um, We have videos on this uh, in the Primal Endurance online course and in the Keto Reset online course coming in the future um, where we take you through the exact process of calculating out your daily protein needs. But I just did this verbally on um, another podcast. And right now, quickly, you want 0.7 grams per pound of lean mass as your daily protein intake. Um, So that's simple. If I'm around 165 pounds, around 10% body fat, that means I'm carrying lean mass of around 150 pounds times 0.7. I'm looking at a little over 100 grams of protein per day as my daily optimal intake to preserve lean muscle mass and homeostasis and no more than that. So when I get my food report, uh, putting in everything I ate that day, I want to look to make sure that I'm around 100 grams or 400 calories of protein. I want to look to make sure that I'm safely under that 50 grams of carbohydrate intake, uh, 200 calories, and then the rest of my calories are coming from fat. So uh, making sure you're dialed in with your macronutrients during this nutritional ketosis period. Um, the guesstimating is ill-advised because a lot of times people can be way, way off, and there's all kinds of reasons that people fail in keto. A lot of it's due to um, poor preparation, okay? You're not metabolically flexible, you're not metabolically fit enough, and you're rushing into it, or you're not giving it that six-week minimal commitment, so you bomb out at three weeks, and then you have a negative experience overall, and you default back into maybe even an increased pattern of dietary indulgences because you're a little depleted and overproducing stress hormones and needing to have a rebound effect. So making sure you're ready, that's the big one. But then, of course, while you're in it, doing it right and dialing in your macronutrients. And believe me, it's not that hard. Once you get into the groove, then you can start making mental calculations, um, building your own internal database, knowing that if you're sitting down to a breakfast of uh, an omelet with uh, three or four eggs, um, a quarter cup or a half a cup of chopped vegetables, cooked in butter, having a couple strips of bacon, sliced avocado, a scoop full of salsa, and melted cheese, you've just consumed almost zero on the carbs for our practical purposes because those vegetables correlate into a high level of net carbs and you kind of get a free pass when you're eating high fiber vegetables in terms of counting. There's a gross carbohydrate contribution for those vegetables, but we allow for net carb calculations with the healthy vegetables and avocado only, not the processed food products that proudly say on the label how few net grams of carbohydrates they contain. Because in a lot of cases, um, it's not necessarily manipulative, false advertising, but a lot of times those supposedly fiber uh, calories get converted into glucose in the body. So that nice energy bar that you're consuming or packaged product that says only four grams of net carbs, it might really be 24 um, just because of the way that processed food reacts in your body. So we're going to give you a pass on vegetables to not really stress on your intake. Uh, not the starchy vegetables. We're talking about the leafy greens, avocados, which is technically classified as a fruit, but it's got a lot of fat, got a lot of fiber, low net carbohydrate contribution, even though the gross carbohydrates in an avocado are like 19. And you think about that, that's, that's a big contribution to your daily keto allotment. But if we take the, uh, the net carbs in an avocado, which is like four or five, I believe, then it's an insignificant contribution. So feel free to eat those kind of foods. 
And then watch the intake of the other stuff because everything chips in and creeps up to that big 50 number, including the dark chocolate. Um, when you get beyond two, three, or four squares and get up into seven, eight, or nine squares, you're getting half your daily carbs from dark chocolate. That's fine, but you just got to be cognizant of that total. Um, I do that all the time. I'm mostly eating dark chocolate, vegetables, and incidental carbs from things like uh, coconut milk, nuts, seeds, and their derivative butters, and it's getting me up and around 50 when I'm making a keto effort. And by the way, you hear this 50 all the time, but if you're inactive, sedentary person, you're going to have to keep it down to 20. So the 50 allotment is assuming people are highly active and committed to fitness and regularly working out. So if you can nail all those objectives to be fully prepared to pick a convenient time when you're really ready to succeed and in your normal everyday home routine without a lot of extra stressors, when you can commit to that six-week minimum period, knowing that if you do have a dip, you're going to come out of it and feel better. And finally, when you can dial in your macronutrients, you're going to succeed with nutritional ketosis. And notice I didn't talk much about fat and dialing in your fat intake, but what we want to do with fat, fat's the variable here in the keto equation. Carbohydrates are fixed, protein is fixed, or it's calculated out, right? And so fat is going to be something that you eat to the level of full satiety and dietary satisfaction at each meal. Isn't that wonderful? So whatever it takes, and if it takes four handfuls of macadamia nuts spread throughout the day in your first three weeks of going keto because you always are reaching for, <laughs> you're, you're, you're telling yourself you're hungry or you don't want to reach for the carbs, go ahead and indulge in those high fat, those high satiety, deeply satisfying snacks and you will be fine. You won't miss your usual routine of the donut and the orange juice at 10 a.m. Now, Someday down the line, when you're fully fat and keto adapted, and we'll do a whole nother show on how to lose excess body fat through keto, but we do not want to focus on this or concern yourself with dropping excess weight or restricting calories during your initial foray into nutritional ketosis. Because the main goal here, the main goal is no backsliding to complete, to graduate from 21-day metabolism reset to the fine-tuning experience where you're fasting in the morning and then to completing a six-week period of nutritional ketosis. And then you've built the ultimate level of metabolic flexibility and then you're able to easily reduce excess body fat at will anytime you want by plugging in. You can do this in a mechanical manner to guarantee your results or you can just let it happen naturally by dialing back your fat intake a little bit and eating, as Mark Sisson likes to say when he's talking to live groups, eating your next meal off your butt or your thighs instead of your plate, okay? But none of this excess body fat reduction really works in the long term unless you are fully fat and keto adapted. It's just too difficult to restrict calories and engage that fragile attribute of willpower to succeed with fat reduction, So once you're fully fat and keto adapted, your body literally does not know the difference between obtaining energy from your butt and thighs or from the omelet. And so you simply pass on the omelet, create a caloric deficit each day entirely from fat. Again, we're not messing with protein or carbs um, in terms of striving for weight loss. So you're going to limit to 50 grams of carbs a day. You're going to limit your protein to 0.7 grams per pound of lean mass. And then the operative variable to stimulate body fat reduction is the reduction of dietary fat. So instead of reaching for the macadamia nuts four times a day and eating giant servings of the omelet or whatever it takes to keep you uh, aligned and focused on 
um, keto adherent dietary patterns, you just dial things back a little bit. And really, it's, it's no trouble to lose uh, four pounds of excess body fat in a single month. That is 3,500 calories per pound, 14,000 calories, right? So 14,000 calories in a month, you divide that by um, 30 days, and you get something like, what, 466 calories? Anyway, uh, you create that deficit every single day. It's no trouble and it's no struggle because you're so good at burning internal energy sources. And pretty soon, you have what really amounts to a massive transformation in your physique when you're talking about four pounds of excess body fat. We're so used to these big numbers when people say, yeah, I lost 12 pounds this month on my brown rice uh, diet cleanse. That's from water inflammation, water retention fluctuations, and when you lose a true pound of excess body fat, it makes a big difference in your waistline, how your clothes fit, and so four pounds is nothing to sniff at. It's quite an impressive uh, result, and if you have 20 pounds to lose, you do it in a gradual, steady manner, and six months from now, when you replay this podcast in celebration of an entirely new physique and no turning back and no risk high risk of backsliding that always happens when you're doing that stressful approach to fat reduction. So it's just a breezy way to just dial back your fat intake a little bit. And remember, you're still eating a ton of fat. You're still eating, what, two-thirds of your calories coming from fat when you uh, dial in carbs and protein per keto guidelines. And so you're still getting nice, nutrient-rich, satisfying, deeply satisfying meals whenever you want them, and just taking a little bit more attention to uh, spending time fasting, skipping meals, uh, obeying your um, satiety signals. So instead of eating to stuff in your face just because it's primal or keto aligned, you stop eating when you've achieved dietary satisfaction and you pick it up again later. So that kind of pattern is wonderful, easy to lose that excess body fat, and then maintain uh, your desired, your ideal body composition for the rest of your life. That's the show about when you're ready to go keto. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Keto Reset Podcast. This is your host, Brad Kearns. Until next time. Hi, this is Brad Kearns to tell you about Primal Endurance Online Multimedia Educational Mastery Course. And what we have done for the past year is basically bring the book Primal Endurance to life with a series of videos and other multimedia educational material, audio, ebooks all accessed at this online portal with everything you need to succeed in endurance training. And if you're trying to do this stuff, if you're enjoying these compelling challenges and trying not to get sick, injured, burnt out, fried, this is going to help you approach your endurance goals in a healthy, balanced manner and promote your health rather than compromise it. Get away from carbohydrate dependency and progress toward fat adaptation. It's over 120 videos, many with the experts and also many others with the step-by-step instruction of what's in the book. So if you're too busy to read or you'd like to have a more comprehensive learning experience, check out Primal Endurance online. You'll have everything you need there at primalendurance.fit.